0: Hello, and welcome to Cart. Thanks for tuning in. You are currently listening to season six of the podcast. If you are just now jumping into listening, allow us to introduce ourselves. What was once a few friends in a parent's home kitchen has morphed into a full-fledged community. Sustain is a nonprofit made up of coffee enthusiasts, and it exists to promote higher quality coffee by educating on better brewing practices, advocating for sustainability practices within the coffee supply chain, and providing resources to the community that serves those purposes. The podcast you are currently listening to is but a slice of all that we do. We teach public workshops, do weekly pop-ups, and aim to instill the same passion for coffee in all those we interact with. If you wanna stay in the loop of all of these things and more, please visit our website at 901sustainedcoffee.com and follow us on Instagram at 901sustainedcoffee. We are a nonprofit and rely on our community to operate. Please consider supporting us on Patreon to do so and get some great perks in return. Support tiers start as low as $5.25. That's cheaper than your iced oat latte. Now, onto the show. All
1: right, so we got the man, the myth, Bartholomew Jones just pulled up at Boycott Pop-Up. He's the last brew of the day. I got him on the spot. Let's go. We're in season six of the podcast, talking about history stuff. Bro, first off,
2: congratulations.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. That like, well over seventy episodes in now. I can't believe just something that we did during pandemic is still is still lasting. I've been so impressed by the amount of people who came in today. Who'd be like, yeah, we listened to the podcast. I'm like, I didn't even think that many people were listening, but yeah, but here we are. Bro, <laughs> but nonetheless, I want to start off with what you're drinking. What what,
2: what 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 you drink? What you drink, what you drink.
1: So what have you been sipping on lately at the cafe, Mm. at home, wherever? Give me the
2: spill. Oh yeah, at the Anti-Dentrification Coffee Club, which is way too long to say. So I'm gonna just say AGCC from now on. But yeah, at the AGCC, we had I've been messing with these like shorter brews, like grinding finer. We're using the Fellow Ode, and uh, we have this uh, 72-hour fermentation on a natural Rwandan from one of the farmers we met this summer out there. It's dope because they have an integrated supply chain, so they're like. uh, uh, the name of the company is Umuko Coffee, but their family grows, exports, and imports the coffee, which is crazy. So, yeah, we're glad we're glad to partner with them because that's like a priority for us with who we source from. But the coffee's amazing, bro. Like, it was like a minute and a half brew uh, on the V60. That's insane. 204 <laughs> temp. It was super sweet. It was like almost no bitterness, bro. It was really like... Yeah, it was really dope, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been messing with. We like, okay. you know, also put black on both sides, which is like a honey process joint from Guerra. Um, and it's a roast, so my wife roasts the same seed two different ways. And then we blend it. Um, and it's, that just tasted like like uh, like barrel-aged like bourbon. It was wild. Okay, that sounds delicious. Okay, well, we're going to come by the AGCC
1: and try it. 6 episode 4 reconnecting to the indigenous practices and beliefs surrounding coffee featuring coffee black for this week's episode it was a bit impromptu as alluded to in episode 1 we wanted to reach out to coffee black to speak about the historical topics of black culture and coffee and we found it very appropriate to do this during the month of february which is black history month For this episode, it was recorded on an iPhone in the middle of Boycott Coffee. So the audio is not quite what it is usually if we're in the studio. But nonetheless, we really appreciated Bartholomew's time with us and the thoughts that he shared. So we hope you enjoy. We don't have a lot of time because, like I said, this is on the fly. But I did think was thinking about when we were going about the history topics on the podcast. We've been talking about a lot, like 17th century London and that sort of thing. But I think going backwards a little bit, maybe mid 1600s, and talking a bit about where coffee originated from yeah. and the idea of coffee being stolen, I alluded to in episode one. Yeah. Um, I have the expert on the topic here who talks about it a lot. And I, I would love for you just to share like your perspective on like what you're trying to do through Coffee Black as well as just maybe the historical element of it that is so vital to yeah. both you and your baristas and your whole mission in general.
2: Okay, we might have to follow up, but this is like a speed run of it. Yes. Um, so I like, I've been trying to be more specific because in January we just went to Ghana so when you say coffee was discovered in Ethiopia, we're really just talking about Arabica, right? And there are 124 species of coffee that are known today. And one of them is Arabica. Arabica is the child of Robusta, which is a Western Central African varietal, and uh, Eugenoides, which is an East African varietal. And those two, you know, met in the wild and had a baby, and that baby is Arabica. So Arabica is on record as being discovered first in 850 BC in the southern region of area. Of Ethiopia, southern uh, area of Ethiopia, close to Guji, you know what I mean? There's a long standing tradition in Guji. Uh, a lot of people say Kaffa, um, some people say Jemma. Uh, this is kind of confusing because technically Jemma was the capital of Kaffa at one point and they were the primary exporter under Abba Jafar. Um, into the Muslim world and that's where coffee gets introduced to Yemen and then from that point coffee gets introduced to the rest of the world so a lot of the coffee export was happening at at the time of the 1600s in uh, Yemen out of the port of Mocha and uh, at that time you know the Dutch were really big into the spice trade as were a lot of other European countries and uh, these spices were coming from like Arabian countries from Middle Eastern countries from like uh, some of the countries closer to Indonesia, India, uh, and even Africa. And so, the one coffee became popular. A lot of people wanted to export the coffee and add that to their spice trade. The Dutch, in particular, and um, at that time, Yemen had it like locked down. They were like, "Yo, we're not allowing people to export viable seeds. So, no fertile seeds were being sent out of the country." I believe the washed process makes the coffee infertile, if I'm familiar. Um, You gotta check me on that. But basically they were doing a process before export that would make the seeds viable to be planted. And so you Mm. could roast them. They were selling green beans but you couldn't grow them. Hmm. And um, that, of course, cuts out the margins of these countries that want to grow their own. So the story goes that like the Dutch sent two spies in, they got the seeds out, they tried to grow it uh, in the Netherlands and were very unsuccessful because coffee is a tropical African fruit, not exactly the right climate. Right, exactly. (laughs) And so then they go to one of their colonies, which was Indonesia, particularly the island of Java, and force those people to grow coffee and then you see that pattern replicated as the seed is shared with the French and the Portuguese and the Spanish and the British and so on and so forth across the world. Um, I think it's important to name that because when I first started out in coffee, a lot of the coffee, a lot of the history was just kind of like, it just appeared here. It sure. was shared with these people. And it's like, nah, these people were enslaved. These people were forced to do it. And that's a big part of what people in specialty coffee are trying to address now. We got a chance to talk to Michael Sheridan, who's the head green buyer for Intelligentsia, and he speaks on this often, but he said that the, the coffee as the coffee industry as we know it today is a direct result of the labor of uh, enslaved Africans in Brazil. Like the, the, the idea of coffee as almost like a easily accessible, uh, cheap, uh, ever-present beverage is the result of an industry built on the free labor of those African people, and of course, on the theft of the seed originally, if you go back far enough, but for us, the most important thing is really trying to reconnect to the indigenous practices and beliefs surrounding coffee, which we learned from the folks in Guji, um, particularly from Tere Waji, who's the head of Suko Coffee. Um, and one of the things that he taught us was just this Ethiopian blessing, which was surrounding coffee as it was consumed pre-colonialism uh, in the region, which was Bunafi Nageya Hendabina," which means may your house lack no coffee nor peace. And for them, coffee is the seeds of peace. And like... That's the experience for me I had been having in coffee without knowing there was a vocabulary for it. But, you know, I'm a Christian, and so for me I believe that that's a part of God's design, and you can't get away from God's design for something at the end of the day. And so, like, the design for us to experience peace with coffee, I think everyone experiences that, but that the words and the, the vocabulary for it was has had been forgotten, mm-hmm. except by the people who discovered it first, sure. right? And so going there was really empowering because coming in here with you all today is like, it's a bit of peace, you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Your journey, our growth, it makes me, if I can say, proud. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like a dad. But like, I just feel really <laughs> excited to see y'all like flourishing and like the vision that the Most High is placing y'all for this thing. And I'm excited to try the coffee and see people in here. Like, it's just dope. Yeah. And I think that that's the experience. I think everybody wants, you know what I mean? It's an sure. uncomfortable history, but I think we have to deal with that because if you don't you end up missing out on the best parts of what we're supposed to have. So that's why we say if you brew better, you do better. Like sometimes you got to dial it in. Right. I mean, that means you got to go through a couple rounds. You got to revise what we're doing. But that process of revision leads to a sweeter cup. You know? what yeah, I
1: Yeah, mean? absolutely. I think just the general idea of like something that brings peace, like you kind of have to like have a sense of the complete opposite of that first in order to appreciate the fullness of the piece. No. And I think that like observing Pieces of history that maybe, like you're saying, are uncomfortable and hard for us to to discuss in an open manner is vital to just the actual like enjoyment of it as a whole, and even just like moving the industry forward in a way that actually highlights those things and takes time to appreciate the fact that yeah, this is this was the product of slave labor. Yeah. Like we we take it so much for granted, and I think that the and more we discuss it,
2: and we have to recognize that if we want to be able to course correct, like a lot, like the assumption that coffee is cheap and bitter. Right and low quality is the it's because it was the product of slaves, right? Sure. So when you think about what kind of work that people assume comes from a slave, right? It's low uh, it's, it's low level work, right? It's poor quality work, but they're they're under terrible conditions. Now we know that's not true. I, I, people were taken generally as slaves because of their expertise, like we think about rice, for instance, mm-hmm. and Carolina, Carolina gold, if you've seen high on the hog. Um, There's a lot of research around. Actually, people the regions that were enslaved were selected because they were experts at the crops that they needed to grow. Um, but I think overall, if we want to correct that idea in customers and have people be willing to pay more, we have to recognize, like, well, the reason why we think about this as cheap is because the labor of the person growing it was never included in the cost mm-hmm. for most of coffee's history. And so, reinserting that is going to kind of change how we think about it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, man. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, that was definitely a speed run, but I just wanted to get your thoughts. It worked out. I'm glad you came by today. Here, let's, let's listen to this first, first sip with uh, this, this coffee that Dante just served.
2: What do we think? What do we think? Mm. That is really soft. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it's pillowy. Pillowy? It's pillowy, bro. Definitely. Yeah. like I'm getting more like boysenberry jam almost than like... Baker's chocolate, maybe brownies. Um, there's a bit of florality too there, but I'm trying to. But it's I just get the color like purple, like plum in here. Mm. too Yeah. Um. Wow. Mm. There we go, oh, There we go. Come on. That's the coffee. Come by here,
1: Boycott Coffee, 10 a.m. 3 p.m. every Sunday. Where can they find you guys and your crew?
2: Coffee black. Uh, you put an X with the Ogo like Malcolm. Um. So yeah, C X F F E E black wherever you can type that in, we at, you know what I mean? What about your shop, where's like the uh, the, the neighborhood that you got? An the gentrification Coffee Club, which is way too long of a name to say, is on 761 National Street. Uh, we're up until four today, just because everything is going on with the Tyree Nickel stuff, we want it just to be a safe space on Sundays if people want to come by. But normally it's 7.30 to five, and then uh, nine to one on Saturdays. for the rest of the week, 7.30 to five. Okay, we are have to send everybody there. So thanks so much for chatting, man. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CART. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to keep the show and the Sustained team going, please consider supporting us on Patreon. This is an excellent way to keep the show free of ads, keep us motivated, and not to forget, it gives you some great perks. Support tiers start as low as 525. Head on over to patreon.com slash 901 Coffee to get started. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 901 sustaincoffee And check us out on YouTube by searching Sustain Coffee. All of these things can be found by just clicking the links provided in the show notes. Thank you for all your support. Until next time.